0: Hey, this is Jeff Zog from the Dad Awesome Podcast. I love the crazy cool family. And specifically, I hopped into Basecamp, all of these resources, the video resources, the specific guides that let me put the names of my daughters and my wife and just showing me visually, hey, am I making progress? What areas can I attend more to? So I'm so thankful, and wanna encourage you guys to hop into Basecamp, sign up, dive into those first intro videos. It's been so helpful for my family. Hello, Crazy Cool Family people. Welcome to the Crazy Cool Family podcast. We are in the throes of summer.
1: I would say the heat of summer. We've, we've actually started praying for snow over here. <laughs> Not me. I love summer. Suzanne
0: loves the. Suzanne loves the cold. I love the. I love the hot Texas summer. You don't yeah.
1: love our AC bill in the summer.
0: True that. True that. Because we have to put it down to about sixty four to please you. But you love our heat bill in the winter. That's right. Um, yes. Uh, so we are in a series in the summer, and we call it. We're calling this series "Who Knows Your Kid Best." Suzanne, tell us about the series a little bit.
1: Yeah, and so what we're we're doing is we're just going through each of our kids in hopes that as you see how we have interacted with our kids, how we've raised our kids, how they're on the other side of childhood and in adulthood, what what is it that they needed and wanted from us? Where did we do great and where did we not do so great? And yeah. they're going to kind of share those things with you. And so we okay. had Molly, if you haven't heard Molly's, go back and listen to hers. But today we have Madeline with us. Who loves the summertime. So it's been so fun having her. She's been with us for about a week now and kind of hanging out. And I'm over here whining and complaining. And she's like, Mom, summer's the best. Summer's the best. My child. Yes,
0: definitely, definitely. Well, and and one of the things, it's so, you know, like Molly, very different from Madeline. You're going to hear from Macy next time very different there. We're going to hear from Mackenzie after that. And so, you know, And don't
1: you love that? I absolutely love that. How radically different all of our kids are. They're similar. I mean, Mm -hmm. they, they look the same similarly, you know, they, they act the same. There's mannerisms are similar, but they're also very different. And I love that.
0: Yep. So we're going to walk through it and I love it because now think about it. If your child was an adult, and, you know, and we want you to identify, as oh, my kid's like this or my kid's, you know, like this one or whatever, because um, if your kid was an adult, what would they say to you about how to parent them, what worked and what didn't? And that's really the goal. It's, it's, you know, one is to get to know our family, but also just to let you have this perspective, the adult perspective on um, raising a type of kid like uh like a madeline so welcome madeline
2: hi hi everyone <laughs>
0: <laughs> we've done like a 14 minute introduction here but yeah.
1: and so let's just go down memory lane a little bit guys let's just think about little madeline like what was she like what do you what do you remember about her
0: i will say <laughs> that first of all madeline is she talked very very early Oh, my goodness. She was like, when she was, before she was one, she was saying words, and by the time she was two and a half, she was full-fledged adult, could carry on <laughs> a, a normal anything. two and a half, three. I mean, we would have normal conversations with her, and uh, it was like it was freaky. I mean, do, <laughs> well, so, you, do you remember I, that Madeline? I don't, I don't. <laughs> so
1: I'd like to even back it up even more. And Don tells us that tells the story of this all the time. When Madeline was born and half of her was in me and half of her was out, her eyes were wide open. Oh yeah. Taking in the world. Like she was like, what's happening? Wait, where am I? What are we doing? What do we do? <laughs> do I like it here? Do I mean, and, and I even say for her first three months of life, Madeline was just upset. She had an upset tummy. I mean, I don't know what it was. Like, who, who's to to say you could say whatever, but I interpreted it as that she was like, I would rather be in heaven than here. Like heaven is a wonderful place, and I'm not so sure I like this place. I'm not so sure I want to be in this human form. I mean, her tiny little body, you know. Anyway, but after about four months, she got to sit up and see the world from a new perspective, and I think she really liked it after that. <laughs> she has really embraced and loved life since. Yeah. Mem- what
0: do you first remember? What do you first remember about your personality and things when you're growing up?
2: um i remember being loud yeah and And her children are now loud obnoxious (laughs) like i just remember that everyone always madeline you're so obnoxious madeline you're so obnoxious was maybe one of the words that was used to describe me so i guess maybe just full of personality Mm -hmm. um and i remember having a lot of i guess plans or dreams like i just remember from being really little kind of feeling like i couldn't decide who like what all I wanted to be when I grew up. I remember thinking like, I wish I could be, I remember there was a list of 11 things. And I remember thinking, I wish I could be 11 different people in this life to accomplish all the things that I want to accomplish.
0: How old are you when you're thinking that? (laughs) Like
2: maybe 10 or something. Like I just remember like playing babies and being like, man, I don't think I just want to be a mom, or like, man, I don't think I just want to be a doctor. When I was playing doctor, being a you know store clerk, and like, I don't remember. I don't think I just want to be a cash register lady. Like, I think I want to be all of them. How do I become all of them?
0: Well, and I remember you really liked babies. Yes, and so I mean, so you're the well, we had Molly was brought to the marriage, so we then you're four years different, so we were um, we were married about what two or three years when we had Madeline, and then. Came Macy and McKenzie. We had three babies in three and a half years. So there's 18 months difference than Macy, and then 21 months difference than McKenzie. And I just remember you being all over those babies. Even when you were like one and a half. Remember she called Macy. Oh, um, yeah, she my, called Macy Sean. Well,
1: because my well, babies had a baby named Sean. And so when in her little in Madeline's tiny little brain, all babies were called Sean. And we're like, no, this baby's called Macy. But I remember my mother-in-law would come and take Madeline for a couple weeks at a time because Madeline thought that Macy was her dolly. I mean, and she I would she would go in there and pick her up. I mean, it, she yeah. was 18 months bigger. I mean, she was not that much bigger. Macy was a tiny baby. She was only like six pounds, and so she actually could hold oh, her, but not terrifying. walk around the house with her. And that's what she wanted to do. I hold baby. I carry baby. Yeah, because she could baby. already talk. Now. Oh, yeah, <laughs> she just could totally
0: walk. I yeah. got,
1: I got the baby yeah. mama. Sean, I, got, I, got, I take care of the baby mama.
2: <laughs> yeah. I'm oh, like... and then
1: she would nurse her dollies. I mean, it was just so funny. She was, yeah, she just cracked his. Yeah, up pull her shirt up. Yeah. Yes, and made sure her babies, since I was nursing yeah. my babies. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, uh
0: made sure they latched on right. It was like it was, <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah, um, so she
1: was a yeah, a dynamic baby and then which grew into so she says obnoxious and that is what people called her, but I would <laughs> say dynamic. Yeah. I mean and she yeah, and Madeline always made us laugh. I mean she she was the life I wanted of the to be party. one of my
2: eleven things was I wanted to be on the Disney channel. I wanted to like be <laughs> a Disney person. Yes. Very badly. Like an actress, which I don't even know why, but I would like video record myself all the time yeah. just like interviewing our family or showing our family life and so i a bit theatrical i guess is another way yeah, to put we it
1: we have videos so much video footage of madeline walking around like waking everybody up in the morning <laughs> with a video camera just being <laughs> annoying
2: what do
0: you remember about as you were growing up doing all that that uh, do you remember just having confidence do you remember struggling with anything do you remember who, I mean, who are you yeah. and what did you want to be <laughs>
2: Um, I I don't remember struggling with any sort of insecurity as a younger girl. I think I, that hit probably more in high school. Um, and I remember feeling safe, I think, because we spent a lot of time at our house because we were homeschooled. And then going into school, we went to like a little private school where there was like not very many people in our class and my best friends were always with me and we always had church and community. And so I don't ever remember feeling – I like seriously probably not until – like late middle school, early high school was the first time I remember feeling insecure. So yes, I guess that like confident is a good word and all of that growing up and safe. And like, um, like I didn't really care that they called me obnoxious. I was kind of just like, yeah, sure. Like, <laughs> cool, yeah. cool, you know? I'm not gonna keep, I'm not gonna stop doing what I'm doing. I'm not gonna stop being me. And so I don't know if that was, I don't know if that's just because it's like part of my personality just to like roll with it and ignore it. Or if I like felt safe enough in general, that the negative things that were ever said didn't really matter. Yeah, the
1: other thing that kind of feeds into that too is playing basketball. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember that, Don, you coached them, you coached her, and anything that he would tell Madeline to do at five, six, seven, eight, she could get out there and execute it. She could see the court. Like, we were amazed. Like, we definitely saw her going to play. You know, and, you know, that, that probably mm-hmm. wasn't even one of your loving things, was it, to go be a basketball player. But she was just really good, her, her eye-hand coordination and her knowledge of the game and, yeah.
0: Yeah, so as you get parented, as you're going through those seasons, what do you remember about your relationship with your parents and, um, and you know, and what, what worked and what didn't? I mean, you felt, said you felt safe. That's a good thing. Or is there, Did you feel like you had a good relationship or were there issues, struggles?
2: I thought overall, I mean, I, I naturally look at everything with even more than rose-colored glasses, like technicolor glasses. Like I just naturally look at life very positively. And even if there was hurt and pain, I I like still look at it pretty positively. Um, so overall, I think being parented, I felt really positive. But if I'm like reflecting on it now, uh, one of the things that I think about is, like the thing that was always hard for me was, um, I guess like lectures or criticism, but it wasn't hard because I didn't want to receive it. It was hard cause I didn't, I like just wanted to talk about the happy things. Like if you think, like if you think about like coaching and basketball, for example, if dad was like showing me different ways to get better, I was like all about that. But if dad was telling me the things in my game that I did wrong, then I was like really frustrated and felt bothered by that. But if he was like, okay, let's go out like if he yeah. if he would respond and be like, okay, tomorrow, let's go outside and work on that, that you know runner runner layup shot let's see if we can get that down really good because you had a couple opportunities in the game and that would have been the perfect shot. Then I'm like, yeah, like let's do it. I feel really challenged by that. I feel motivated by that. But if he was like, hey, instead of you know you didn't screen here when you could have done this or hey you missed this shot or hey you da da da, da, da then I was like, oh, oh and I like start feeling a little bit more beat up. Mm. So I think that was huge. And then I think another thing that was huge was just like taking, I think because there were seven of us and I I bet we're all going to say this because there were so many of us, whenever our parents gave us like intentional time, it felt really refreshing and helpful. And so if it was like mom coming in and talking to me at the end of the day or just asking about our day or every day after school, we would all come into the kitchen and just hang out. It was at our other house and we would all just hang out in the kitchen and talk about our days and share funny stories. And I just remember all of us just laughing at all the funny things that happened in the days. I mean, all of us were just crying laughing because some ridiculous thing happened that day at school with someone. And, and every day, every day, we, like, shared all of our day's worth of stories, laughing together and enjoying together. And so those, like, intentional moments where they took the time to talk to us and hang out with us and ask us questions and listen to our funny stories and laugh wow. at our funny stories um, felt really significant. And then I think maybe the third thing, which is really big for me, is just being included in life, and so my parents do. I feel like it builds trust a lot for me to just like have people tell me what's going on, and so they did a really good job of always including us in their life. And so, if it was having another baby, or this is a different transition, or dad's job's changing, or we're doing this, or we're adding this, or we're you know transitioning this, or this kid's not playing sports, or we're moving schools, or what a one of the bazillion transitions that we did growing up, we always knew. I always knew the why. They always were, even if it was like a little thing, like, oh, dad and I are having a little bit of conflict about this particular area. We're doing fine. We're just having some conflict. (laughs) Like I don't it was, know if we said it quite that <laughs> sweet, but wow. No. Come,
0: come, darling, come in here. Let us, <laughs> let us discuss the conflict. In, <laughs>
2: and it just, I felt always included. So that was helpful for my heart because that builds trust for me. So I was able to build trust in their parenting because I knew that I was like on the inside of their lives.
0: But I think one of the things you get out of that is that, uh, one, there was a lot of, you know, we, we think about those conversations along the way and. They're not being important or whatever, but it really does as a child mm-hmm. solidify, you know, and being included. That's another thing I just hear you say. And, um, and then I'm just curious, you've mentioned a couple of times how as you got into middle school and high school, some of the insecurities developed, you know, and things like that. So how did that, you know, in your, um, what did that do to your relationship with your parents? Because we're on that kind of subject of this. And then, um, and how'd you deal with those? I mean, what happened? Tell us about those a little bit.
2: Um, I think a lot, I'm a pretty internal processor, so I don't even know if, I mean, mom could probably see it cause she can read people like a book, but I don't know, like, I don't know if dad would have ever noticed <laughs> <laughs> <True rap. laughs> unless I told him, but I think it's just, it was just comparison. Just looking at other people and other girls and being like, Oh, they are this or they're this, or I'm not this, or they're better at this or whatever, which is just a lie from the enemy. And it was, and it's not helpful. <laughs> um, but I think that being an internal processor, I don't know if it changed my relationship with my parents, but maybe it just like made it to where I, I just, because it's everything was in my head, I wasn't as vulnerable, I guess, in the areas that I was as a kid. When you're a kid, it's just kind of like, every, like your all your emotions and all your life and all your heart is like on the table at any moment because there's no, you don't even have the emotional maturity to filter anything. Yeah. But I don't think that, I think that. When I got to middle school and high school, I probably wasn't like, "Oh, mom and dad, I'm feeling so insecure about girls in my life." Well, there I just think you could just tell, probably.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there was a there was a transition because we you had been in that private school where you had been queen bee, top of the you know you were the newcomer of the year on the basketball court. You were the you know voted best favorite person ever on campus, (laughs) you know, all those things. And then we switched schools. And um, as a sophomore in high school, and had to come in and find the friends and and know, learn the people and 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 have everybody love you. And you ended it with being the homecoming queen and the president of the class. I mean, you ended it. You were you were back on top. You found your way back on top. That there was a there was a I would you wouldn't call it a fun year, but I would call it a fun year because Malin was just home a lot because mm-hmm. she didn't have a lot of friends. But up until then, <laughs> she was gone all the time because of her. Fr- I'm gonna go here. I'm gonna go there. We're gonna play. Do go be um but yeah I mean that was definitely if you're talking about an insecure year I would say that your sophomore year was a was was a a year of revelation for you
2: yeah and because and because I do like things to always be happy I don't think I said any of that out loud like I'm like it's fine we're fine we're gonna be fine I I know and every time I came back from school yeah I had lunch with someone today you know or yeah basketball practice was good you know like that's kind of how I would talk and so if you do have a kid that um, you notice is like putting a little bit more positive spins on things. Ask like the heart, the next question, you know, oh, basketball practice was fun and good was there anything hard about it? You know, mm, yeah. maybe not really. Okay. Was, you know, did you, do you like the yeah. coach, you know, or like what, yeah. just like ask How them. How was the drill? Did you have a conversation with the girls? Did yeah. They, after did they include
1: you or they, what do you think about them? Are they kind of nice? Are they mean? I mean, so yeah, just kind of keep pulling out. Cause
2: I don't think I, like it takes a lot for me to speak negatively about anything like in my own heart. It just like takes a lot of probing. And so if you have a little kid or a teenager that you find is like constantly giving you the oh, oh, that like up version of it. Ask a couple more questions and see if you can get Let's to the Let's get some to the down and dirty. Yeah, okay. Come on. Because I think that maybe would have been helpful if I would have admitted halfway through my sophomore year, like, oh this is hard and I'm not doing great. Maybe I could have not had as hard of a year. I could have included more people or whatever that looks like.
1: And so one of the things that drew you out was missions, mm-hmm. a mission trip. Um, and so the the first mission trip you went on was when you were thirteen, right? And you went to well, China. Yeah, I went
2: to Mexico before oh, China. That's right. that summer. I went to Mexico, and then a, couple, a few weeks later, I went to China.
1: Yeah, and then, but I'm thinking back your sophomore year. When did you go to India? Was that your junior year?
2: Mm, yeah, I think it was the or Christmas of my junior year.
1: We talk
0: okay, about this so, like it's normal. And she so, went to Mexico and China and India, but and but, just the, Africa, but the point so I'm getting
1: places. to though is it was spring break of her sophomore year that she went to Ireland with the school. Mm -hmm. And that's when everybody got to see who Madeline was, her obnoxious, secure, missionary self. And that's when they were won over. And that's when the tide turned and she was able to walk in the, in confidence of, wait a minute, who I am instead of pretending, Mm -hmm. everything's great. Everything's (laughs) great. You know, instead of that person, there was a, and so as parents, I just want to encourage you that you know, all of our kids are going to have growing pains, especially if there's a transition. If you change houses, schools, neighborhoods, jobs, um, any any kind of transition, then there will be some adjustment there. And so look for a spiritual experience to help them get fresh revelation in that transition adjustment. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, and let's talk about kind of your relationship with God. So I think that, you know, you like you said, Middle school or or elementary school, you were safe. Everything's good, everyone in the family. But then, you know, in your middle school years, you start to develop your own relationship with God, which kind of got tested when you changed schools, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Tell us about that a little bit.
2: Yeah. So when it was that mission trip that I went on to China um, when I was 13, where I was like, okay, he's the real deal. And so I would say that that was my sophomore year was probably um, maybe instead of getting challenged, it was a little bit more anchoring because I just remember being like, (laughs) Kind <laughs> of like, I don't really care if I ever have friends again. I'm just going to follow Jesus. You know, I'm just like committed to that. Um, and that happened. I, and I remember really clearly in middle school, like having a, going to China and having like a crush on this one boy and coming back and going there being like, oh, wow, I'm not going to talk to him for two, three weeks or however long we're gone. And, you know, all the typical like, you know, 13 year old girl stuff. And in China, I remember very clearly being like, I don't even care about him anymore. Like, Jesus (laughs) is so much better. I'm so over him. And I came back and I remember telling the guy, I'm like, sorry, I don't like you anymore. And I don't have a crush on you. (laughs) And like, I don't really care to talk to you. I just like God. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so I think that from that point on, really spending time with God and like my relationship with God and church and community was like um, my anchor in a lot of it. And I still... The Lord was really sweet to provide sweet friendships that I still had, even though I went to a different school. I had church friends and, and I had my siblings and my sisters. And so even though I was like, um,
0: I want to know back up. Did you actually tell him that? Did you I actually, did, 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 but you, I can't did, did say you, you, I was like bold. Say, it was
2: like over my space. Like it was like a message like or, or like AOL <laughs> yeah, messenger. Like I, I, I didn't did say face really to say, face or maybe I texted him. Did my you say
0: I don't like you anymore? I like God. I, I kind of said I was like, I went to China
2: and I don't have a crush on you anymore. And I like God a lot, pretty much. <laughs> oh my goodness. What
0: can you say that I got broken up with from God? Yeah, actually. So
2: um, anyway, so he was, so that like God was really, my anchor and then also just sweet like friendships in that. So I think that's like, I think 13 was really when my relationship with God transitioned from being y'all's relationship to mine. And I think it hasn't really like, I would say I've been like really passionately following God my whole life. I'm 28 now for like 15 years Mm -hmm. because it hasn't stopped or changed or like gotten like decreased or had like a lull year, you know, since that. Well, and I would say that you are the one that challenged Dad and
1: I when it came to missions, because you have such a big heart for missions. Do you remember what you've said to us? I, I can't remember. I remember it being very cutting but not in a bad way like, I always had like to iron sharpen iron I mean and that's what it was like God gave us Madeline to challenge us because we you know we're in the safe protect our kids parent mode no we're not sending you to China you're 13 years old no we're not sending you to India you're going to see things that you're not ready to see no we're not you know the there was always the no was always on the front end of it and somehow Madeline would
2: figure out a way for it to become a yes <laughs> well sometimes you, that was God like, well it was Yeah, there was one time a trip that I told mom and dad. I said I'm going to India over Christmas break, and they're like, "Well, no, you're not. No, you just went to Africa this summer, and you're planning on going somewhere this next summer. We can't support raise that much financially." And I was like, "Well, I'm going," and they were like, "Okay, well, no, you know." (laughs) And then about I think it was like two weeks before the trip, one of someone calls me on the trip, said, "Hey, I can't go for ABC reasons. The whole trip is paid for." If you can get your passport, if you can get your visa, because you already had your, your
1: visa. passport, if you can get your visa to get into <laughs> India, then you can go.
0: And then we have to drive to Houston. We drove to Houston and, Houston and, make and it got happen.
1: it. And
2: I, I like, I like, t- put the phone and I'm like, mom and dad, we got to go get a visa. Like I'm going to <laughs> India, you know. And they're like, okay, Madeline. Yeah. um but I just think it was. I mean, Matthew twenty-eight eighteen, go and make disciples of all nations, and somewhere in that middle school years, it was the all nations was very highlighted to me. And I'm just like, mom and dad, I'm obeying this. And so will you say yes? And sometimes they were like, no. And then I think she, it, she's I, like, okay, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll bypass you.
1: Go to my heavenly father who has called me. Not only
2: has he said yes, but he has called and paved away. way. So. And that is, I mean, I also am very persistent very persistent i'm now seeing the fruit of that in my children and how <laughs> exasperating that can be as a parent but i just didn't quit asking you know i'm like well can i go 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 yeah, when
1: she would say if this was taken care of can i go if it was paid for can i go if we don't if the, i
2: mean and whatever that is and so she would literally get down to the very and that year in india i had to miss all my finals and yes. so i remember having to go to the headmaster and being like, we're going to India mom, or mom and I are like, we're going, can I actually go to India and miss all of our finals? You know, I'm like, okay, if we, if I don't have to pay for it, if I can miss my finals, there's like these yes, like 15 yes. impossible things. That's like, if all this happens, can we go Well, and
1: she gives, she can have so many absences. I mean, it was just, <laughs> an, yeah.
0: So I think, you know, Suzanne, let me ask you this question. You know, what we're talking about is you've got a child who's full of faith and confidence. How do you feel like you managed to that? I mean, in, and what would you say as a parent you did, because I mean, and I'm saying you because I'm asking you the question, I mean, we did it in a right. way, but I mean, what would you say that you and we did to manage a confident child, a missions oriented child, a child full of faith, because so many parents get scared of that.
1: Oh, for oh, sure. What would you yeah.
0: say is the, how would you address that to parents so when your child's a full of faith and a seven and adventurous and yeah. the world is my oyster type child?
1: Yeah, for sure. And so, I mean, I remember having a a come to Jesus moment, if you will, where Jesus basically said, you're confused. You think this child is yours and she is not. I have given her to you to train up in the way she should go, but she is mine. (laughs) I have a purpose and a plan and a direction for her. And I have given her this heart for missions and you're not going to stand in the way and your fear for sure is not going to stand in the way you are not going to hold her back in the call that I have on her life because you're afraid something's going to happen to her. Her highest best desire is to go to heaven. And if the worst thing that can happen to her is for her to die here, on earth, while it would be crushing for you, Suzanne, she is in heaven. And that's where she was. She's trying to bring heaven to earth. She's trying to get to heaven. I mean, that's her goal. That's her plan. I remember, do you remember saying that? Yeah. I just want to live in heaven. Yeah. I mean, and for a while I was like, wait a minute, this is bad, right? You know? And she's like, no, no, no. I want, I want what heaven has. That's what it is. I want what heaven has. And so it's a release, Don. I mean, that's what it was. And it was a surrender. And I remember you and I having... Conversations like you having to talk me off the ledge because Don's got that adventure in him mm-hmm. too. And I am stay at home all day long, every day and build consistency. You know, I'm the, st- you know, I'm foundation. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm where you come when you need something, not,
0: we don't go. But even then I became the bad, I became such a bad guy one time because in college uh-huh. you wanted to go to Haiti for two months. Uh, what yeah, no, Haiti?
2: It was what I wanted to go help with the ref- the Syrian refugee crisis. Oh, um, Cause you did Haiti for uh, yeah, two, I did. you yeah. did that I Help with the Syrian refugee crisis, and you were like, I don't feel good about that. Um, in Brussels, it's yeah, but Brussels.
0: When, when was the time that I made you work? Remember, oh, the, so I made you work the for next the summer, yeah, and get
2: a job. He's like, You can't just be a, a flighty missionary girl, you have to learn the ethics of work. And yeah. I'm like,
0: No, <laughs> well, and so, yeah, she was so mad because I made her work at my office actually, yeah. and uh, for, for the summer, and but I did and, a good job. Oh, you did a great <laughs> job, and and you made m- a bunch of money. That actually helped propel yeah. the rest of. And I studied.
2: College. I actually studied abroad the next summer and spent all that money in Ireland. That's right. <laughs> yeah, so but whenever they like released me, that's um, good. I think that there was a lot. Like I think that there was things that God did in my heart, specifically on the mission field, that He could have only done in my heart there. That like I don't know that like the church. I like it could have been at camp or at worship settings, but it was like something about. I mean, like, I remember very significantly about every place that I went, there being this, like, pillar or this, like, foundation set in me, my relationship with the Lord, my relationship with the world. Even recently, went on a trip, took our family um, on a trip to Tijuana, and some of the different students are asking me some of these different questions, like, you know, how is God good if this is happening, or how come God allows this, and all these, like, different faith foundational questions that got resolved in my heart over the years of me going and so if it wasn't for mom and dad's willingness to release me, I don't know where I would be with those questions, well, you know? And I, and
0: I even want to stop down on that a little bit is that you're 28 in that right? I mm-hmm. got the age right. And, uh, and you're leading with your husband, a mission trip of how many people, including our kids went, yeah, I mean, we yeah, had, we uh, sent the brothers, we sent the we sent the, the 18 and 16 year old brothers with them. So, you know, but you're leading a trip. How many people were on that trip? About 18. I think there is this natural wrestle, I would just call it a wrestle that parents and kids have about the faith. And and sometimes it's needing to bring the child along more. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's, oh my goodness, I've got to put the, you know, I've got to put some parental parameters on this with the adventurous child. But either way, just to, for parents to, and one of the things you just said, Suzanne, is you had to go to God and say, God, help me with this because this is bringing fear into my life. This is going against, I mean, you're not the adventurous person. So she's pushing against those adventurous, but she's pushing her adventurous buttons against your fear buttons. And one of that's, and it presents these natural struggles Mm -hmm. that I think God wants us to go through. And really what, because sometimes it's okay. If 15 things can happen, we're gonna release this. We're gonna see this (laughs) as God's voice. On the other hand, no, Madeline, you need to work this summer, mm-hmm. you know, and you need to make some money and, and we got because that 's going to help you, but either one of those are just looking to hear god 's voice, and, and sometimes it feels like yes we 've heard God 's voice because the fifteen things do happen, sometimes it 's confusing, you mm-hmm. know, and sometimes it 's wild should I you know I remember um, you know, the, the trip to China, we were going, and it was well-supervised. There were people going and stuff, but still, you were 13 and going to China to this happy camp in China. <laughs> it's like, who are we? Why are we doing this, you know? And it seems kind of radical or whatever, stepping out in faith. But those are the, those are good wrestles mm-hmm. with your kids, wouldn't you say? And how do you, you know, as you wrestled with us, looking back on it now, because that's what we're doing. We're looking back on the wrestles now You know, what would what would you tell parents about how to do that and how what what to do and not to do in those situations?
2: Yeah, I would just say don't don't let fear be what I guess dictates any decision. Um, And then
0: you would just say always let them go. (laughs) (laughs) Not necessarily always let
2: them go. Um, But I even feel that way with my kids taking them on trips now, I mean, we've had much pushback of like, why don't you just leave them home? It's so much harder to take them. You know, it's like, don't let fear or hard keep you in the, keep you from obeying God really is what it is or going or doing. And then also like, you just don't know what God has in store for your kids or for your family or for, I mean, like, I don't, I don't know if our family in general would like our whole family has gone on about a bazillion mission trips. Like, I don't know if we would have included that in our regular life right. if it wasn't for me pr- pushing and probing and them saying yes. And so you don't know what that whatever the yes is that you're going to say to the kids in the struggle or the no that you're going to say, you don't know what fruit it's going to produce. So don't be so quick to go to no because you just don't know what the yes is going to be. And if it's like, maybe it's sports, maybe it's like this kid loves, 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 loves basketball and wants to pursue it with their whole heart, but it's costing your family a lot. And you ask God and you feel like there's a yes. And then that kid has influence in that sports team and in that area. And is able to like, you just don't know where the yes is going to lead. Yeah. I love that, and I was that feeds right into what I was thinking this whole time. Is that
1: I feel like that sometimes as parents, we think that um we we get to or we are in charge of our child's life that we get to pick and choose and and while they're little we do we pick and choose what they're going to wear and what they're going to eat but as they get older the whole goal is for us to release them mm-hmm. I mean and I remember each and, and
0: for them to hear God's voice and for them
1: to hear God's voice and I remember there was a spot in each of our kids lives where we're on this path and we're all moving forward and it usually had to do with sports or something like that and they've all said nope I'm not doing it anymore I remember when you said I'm not playing basketball anymore. And we're all like, are you sure? I mean, are you sure you're part of the team and the team needs you? And, and this is part of your identity. And you're like, nope, I don't want to do that anymore. I want to do some other things. And, and, and everybody had a story. So my whole point is that I think as parents, we get an idea of what our child's life is going to play out as. Mm -hmm. And then when our child who is actually living this life, (laughs) it is their life When they come in with their own ideas of how they want to live their life, we have to let them do it. mm -hmm. We have to let them make those choices and go that route and finish. So at that point, we take a step back, and we're not the leader in their lives anymore. We're their supporters. We're their, their fans. Yes, that's a great idea.
0: Let's do it. Let's, yes. Well, I was just thinking, even with that basketball decision, like, I love basketball we'd played basketball since you were like three Mm -hmm. and, and the next year you were going to win a state championship (laughs) in basketball. Uh And I would have, and I'm like, Oh, this is stupid. Yeah, Yeah. like, I've been working for this my whole life. (laughs) That's what dad was thinking.
1: Yes, exactly. But what's so crazy is you did the same thing when you were in high school with basketball. Like you stopped that, you went a different route, and you did track. I mean, and so it's like all of our kids actually have fallen in their dad's footsteps when it comes to investing their whole life in one thing and then changing
2: it and going a different direction those last years in high school and being blessed by it. And it's funny because what I wanted to do was like disciple this like group of middle school girls and... Invest in this like Bible study. There's like a bunch of different God church things I wanted to do, and yeah. so it's funny. no <laughs> comparison yeah. to winning a state championships. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because you do like, God. We're gonna win
0: state, baby. You get ideals <laughs> yeah. in your mind, yeah. and the president. Yeah. Called, yeah.
2: So it's like who knows? The title of this is who knows your kids best, and it's like the parents do until the kid starts discovering who they are. Yeah. And you gotta let them.
1: And then yeah. you get yes, yeah. exactly. You've gotta let them, and that's actually my favorite part when they when they're launched like i just have seen yeah. maddox is just now launching <clears throat> maddox asked me the other day he said when do you think that somebody is who they fully are yeah. and i'm like and i'm like i don't know i'm
2: 53 <laughs> yeah. before what I'm, not, uh, I'm not i'm uh, not i'm fully are but he goes like
1: where they can stand on. you know they know who they are and i said well i don't know mccade's 16 and he's i don't think he does i think he still thinks my thoughts He still mm-hmm. go. you know yeah. anyway so Interesting. Well, okay. so let's
0: talk about, speaking of that, Maddox is 18 and McCade's 16. And so that was, that's where those questions are coming from. Let's talk about the kid-to-kid dynamic. We've talked about your relationship with us. We've talked about your relationship with God. Let's talk about your relationship with your siblings. Here's the, here's the question we'll start out with. How do you fit into our family?
2: Um, I think it's funny. I think for a long time I was I was one of the leaders, if not the leader. I think Molly was like, uh, because she was the oldest we always like listened to her the most and we always followed her but in because she was four years older I was like the ringleader of the gang, if that makes sense. Oh like, yeah, yeah. Like we're playing this today. She was today. like the executive. Yeah, and you were the, yeah, yeah. She was the one that was always like she was, you know, helping us with the practicals of getting dressed. But she was always like a little bit out of our range in like coolness level. <laughs> um, but was always like who we all wanted to be. And so if she said anything good or bad, we were gonna do it. But when it came to like who was running the games and organizing the fun and playing, then that was like me. I mean, it was like whole rooms were set up into store mode and I was like in charge of everyone. And so maybe for a long time, I don't know if it was how I was, how I fit as much as like how I led them. Like I just remember, okay, today we're playing dress up. Everybody go to the playroom and get our outfits on. We're going to dress Michael up. Like everyone we're playing dress up today or today we're playing outside or poor today Michael. we're doing <laughs> yeah, poor Michael. <laughs> and so maybe that's how I fit in was like the, the ringleader of the little, all the little people.
1: Yeah, that's good, and I have to say too that Madeline, you are the number one advocate for family, and the more family, the better. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you say? Yes, like- I always
2: wanted more babies and more kids, and mm-hmm. I never—it was never a burden or a pain or hard. Whenever we were having another baby, I was like, "Yes, let's do it." Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Well,
0: even to the point where, with we were we were kind of we had Michael, so four girls. We had Michael pretty much done. Five kids, we were that's done. Good. Yeah, we're, yeah, it was a lot, and we were. And Madeline says we should. She's like ten, maybe nine. We should have another announces. We should have another baby. Yes. We should. Uh, we're like shh, 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 be quiet.
2: <laughs> and I even said I'll take care of it. I was yeah. like, if y'all have another baby, I will do whatever I can in my nine year old ability. I didn't say it like that, but I was right. like, I can sleep in my room. I will feed it all of its bottles. I'll change its diaper. Like I will own this one if you have yeah. another one for me. And so
0: every and so she- day for a year. Basically, every meal, every bedtime would be, Lord, help us have a baby. Lord, help us have a baby. And
1: and we did. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, we say that we gave God the smallest of opportunity and he took it. Yes. Um, and, and that became Maddox. Yes. And so we just say that Maddox, Madeline literally prayed Maddox
0: into existence yeah that's exactly right and and then uh, but I
1: wanted to say on the back end of it that we actually did put him in her
2: room mm-hmm. and so she and he would wake up in the morning when he was like maybe like less than a year he would be standing up in his bed he said Manine, wake up manine and I'd yeah. pop out of bed and go get him out of bed and take him to mom but before he could barely even talk manine wake up yeah yep. so
0: he did live in there for about a year yeah but I think one of the things I want to explore is as you're growing up, you re- the, your relationship with Molly was difficult. Uh-huh. and Because um, I was so <laughs> annoying. <laughs> well, she was probably bossy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and a lot of it is very different personalities. Uh-huh. And there was a kind of two alpha dogs uh-huh. type deal because you were leading. The two firstborns because so, yeah. they're four years apart. Yeah. yeah. And so tell us about that. I mean, as you're... In in that five, like how'd you win her years. over? Yeah, exactly, is really what it was. What well, is it? I that, don't know because y'all they
1: adore each other now. I mean they they get together and there's really nobody else in the room but Molly. I mean everybody's <laughs> in the room, but Molly and Madeline
2: are still running the show. Um, I don't really know how I won her over. I I mean I think that I did think you it's sense more it her. when
0: you were growing up that that there was tension? Or yeah, I knew f- she didn't like me, <laughs> 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 and I knew I was annoying, and I
2: knew how to be annoying. Like I wasn't, I wasn't, um, pure in heart necessarily in my annoyingness. Like I knew barging in her room was annoying and I knew I still did that anyway. You know, (laughs) um, I don't know if I wonder, I don't really, I think, I feel like it was more her that just decided to like me. Um, maybe I got older maybe that was helpful but I, in y'all's influence of just like always reiterating siblings are your best friends siblings are your best friends siblings are your best friends and then I think the more we got in common the better we started going to the same school and we started mm-hmm. having some similar friends and um, spending more time together she would drive me to school and sports and we just kind of like had a, like our lives intertwined more and so it was like well we might as well like each other if we're going to be spending all these minutes together and how
0: many grades are y'all apart
2: I think four.
0: Yeah, is it four?
2: Or maybe five? No, no, no. no, no it really had to because junior. y'all were in high school together. Yeah. Well, no, we were, were. I was in eighth grade, but we went to the same school. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So seventh and yeah. eighth grade, she drove me to school.
0: So, yeah. junior senior year, her junior senior year. Yeah, your ninth grade year, she was gone. Mm-hmm. So it was four years. Yeah. But
2: it got. I mean, it got somewhere in there. It got to the place where, like, I like when she left for college, which wasn't even left for college. I think she still lived at home. Mm-hmm, she did but, um, she was going to college. It was like, so heartbreaking for me. That was like one of the saddest days of my whole life was the day that she like went to college, even though I think she was coming home that afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> but The second year she did. Move she out. moved. Yeah. Maybe that yeah, was, when, so it was. That was it, when it was there was just something that was like, Oh my gosh. Like I don't, I mean, I, I think I was the next one to leave for college. So that's why it wasn't sad for me with any of the others. Um, but I just like <laughs> remember it being like so heartbreaking. So it really did shift somewhere in my early I think it was before middle school, but somewhere in my early or late childhood.
0: What about yes. your, oh, go ahead.
1: No, so I was just going to say, say I think probably possibly the same thing. So with the the relationship with the others, I just remember that, like with the little brothers, you became the chauffeur. You know, you became mm-hmm. the person that would take them everywhere and had so much fun. Like they still tell stories of riding around with Madeline, going through giant puddles or <laughs> not having their shoe. I mean, just all the different things. And so was there like a piece of you that felt like you needed to be fun fun
2: sister or I mean I mean I think I was more of just like um there was a bunch of little people that were willing to do whatever I wanted you know (laughs) (laughs) so like let's do this let's do that and they were still now I some they kind of decided that I wasn't as cool maybe later on in life and so now they're not quite as game to have the fun that I want to (laughs) have um but they when they were little they were willing to do whatever like let's listen to you know whatever if it was a rainy day we would listen to every song we could think of that had the word rain in it all the way to school and back or whatever it was. And so, um, yeah, I don't know if I felt like the need to have fun as much as like there's all these people that are willing to have fun with me. Let's just make it happen.
0: What about your relationship with your two sisters that are yes. below you, M- Macy and Mackenzie, that are literally, there's three years, there's two grade differences between you and Macy and then Macy and Mackenzie, right? I think so. Mm-hmm. So what about though that dynamic? You know, you you guys played together a lot, then you grew up together in the same school. Um Tell us about those relationships
2: yeah I, I think that um i don't know y'all could probably tell me more about them um uh, they both i feel like both macy and molly didn't really like me right because you were happy and they <laughs> wanted to be melancholy <laughs> and
0: it's well, really hard to be around well, someone happy when you want you, to be sad if you go back to molly <laughs> she's more emotional uh, differences in personalities I yeah. mean, very emotional, particular, mm-hmm. um, and you I'm just like this, chaotic, this, disorganized. Yeah, well, and yes. Molly
1: and Macy are feelers, and Madeline's a thinker. She's going to think it all the way through. She's going to logically come to a conclusion, and they're frustrated because you're supposed to feel that. You're
2: supposed, <laughs> to, you're supposed to be sad yeah. about that or mad about that. So I think that like maybe because of feeling like they didn't like me, I I didn't like pursue them or I didn't invest in them. Like I had a couple other like best friends. I had one other really significant best friend that I spent all my time with more so than I did like my sisters growing up, Um, which maybe was like a loss, but it was mainly coming from my own like they don't like me. So I'm I'm over it. You know, like if they don't like me, then I'm not going to invest in them or hang out with them or pursue them or talk to them or they're probably just going to say something hurtful to me. So I don't really want to do that.
0: So that, but that
2: did change, definitely
0: changed. Um, but what flipped it? I mean, so you guys- they started you liking tr- me. Well, and so <laughs> you keep said. saying that.
1: Well, no, I think, I mean, what, wh- one of the things, just from the outside looking in, what did happen, and I like how you keep saying they started liking me. I think that with Molly and Macy, I think with both of them, they started appreciating- who you were. They started, they, the difference, they saw the difference and Mm -hmm. they liked that in you. They liked the fun. They liked the obnoxious. They saw that. Um, But with Mackenzie though, you had a sweet
2: relationship with her.
1: I mean, and you felt
2: called to invest in her. Mm -hmm. I mean, like she was always like a, she was a freshman when I was a senior. So we were always like four years apart. So it kind of felt like I was just like one tiny baby step ahead of her in life. Yeah. And so it felt like I had like a, not like a responsibility but like an like I feel like I could just take her and her friends and be like hey let's just not do some of the things I did and do it a little better and disciple and invest in them and she had just had the most humble heart she was always like I remember her first week of college her meeting all of her current best friends and her telling me, Madeline, these are my best friends and these are all the girls I want you to disciple. Yeah. And I wasn't even doing anything with the college ministry at the time and I remember pulling Mitchell aside and being like, these are all Mackenzie's best friends and these are all the people that I want to disciple. Uh-huh. <laughs> and we did it in high school too. The yeah, same thing. in high
1: school and too. So you did that. I remember that in high school you invested in her and her friends in college and her and her friends and what's amazing is that those girls that you've invested in, you've been at the births of their mm-hmm. babies, you've helped them been nurse their them because you're a doula, you've been in their... Weddings. I mean, and so you have taken those relationships of Mackenzie's best friends and become their best friends. I mean, their big sister.
2: Yeah, and that's what I feel like. What I felt with all my siblings is, I want. Like I remember with Macy and Molly, both just being like, I want them to like me because I like them, and I want. I want to be their friend. Like I wanted. I really wanted to. And somewhere in high or. Late high school in Macy, or early college when it flipped in Macy's mind, and she came to me and she was like, "I'm sorry for all the years that I haven't been a very good friend or sister to you. I want to be." She your did friend. the same thing to me. Yeah. <laughs> I remember like just being so happy. I'm like, I've been. I remember feeling like I've been waiting for this our whole life. Like yeah. I've literally been waiting our whole life to be best friends. Yes, let's do it. You know, and then well,
1: and
0: now, now Macy, she moved
1: to Arkansas with well, I was going to say now Macy has said that I'll probably just go wherever Madeline goes. Where <laughs> you I go, I'll her. go. Like, your I people are my people. Yeah. 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 Well, Yeah.
0: And I think that um, parents are getting, you know, we worked hard at that. I mean, I yeah. look at the siblings as best friends things and, and man, it just seemed like at times I remember learning that as a young parent and going, okay. And I remember you and I talking about, this is a value that we are going to pursue yeah. in our family. And, you know, what I want the parents to see out of this is that, and there's been a lot of times where it's like. This ain't working like we think it should. <laughs> but in reality, it's come to, you know, there's, it's dripped into them over time. And then there comes a flip when they say, okay, I'm going to embrace that different times. I mean, you and Molly was more when you were in sixth, seventh, eighth grade, and she was a little bit older. And then you flipped it to there's times that you've invested in mckenzie and, and even invested in the boys mm-hmm. as well. It's just, it's worth it. And it yeah. is a value that's, it's hard. Uh, but it's worth it and you know we're starting to we see the fruit of that pursuit now at various levels in your relationships with your kids with yeah, your siblings they, not your kids what well, your kids do I guess but.
2: <laughs> and just to encourage you parents I mean it is the four million little moments between now and middle school and high school I mean and I'm I mean I know that now realizing how much work going on that that it is because I mean it is all day that I am saying to it and really, whenever 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 Every time they're interacting with each other. Hey guys, that's not how we talk to each other. We, we're sweet to each other, or let's share with each other because of this, or we want to honor each other, or serve each other, or take care of each other, or look out for each other, or protect each other. Like, I mean, all of these things yes. that I'm saying literally, probably a hundred times a day, I'm commenting on their relationship. Evie is your best friend. You are always there to take, take care of her, or True It. Let's, let's be someone that we're a blessing to be around True It. Just because your little sibling doesn't mean you can be a brat to him. You're going to be a blessing. You're going to be fun. Mm-hmm. And so it's all these like, I mean, I'm like, if they had seven of us in every single one of our relational dynamics, 49, whatever, however many relational dynamics it is, like they probably commented and invested in and spoke into our sibling relationships more times than you could ever count. Well, and then, I
1: mean, just on, in, in addition to that, it's not just the times when they mess up, but when they do something good. Yeah. I mean, I remember like even with Everly and Truett right now, it just blesses me when Truett does something sweet to Everly. <sighs> Here, Ebby, you want a bite? You want to have some, you know? And I'll say, oh my goodness, Truett, you, you, what a great big brother you are for sharing with it. you. Mm-hmm. With the, good job looking out for Ebby. You're taking care of Abby. So I'm so proud of you. And so those are the catch them doing it right. Catch yeah. them doing a good thing and really be obnoxious about it. Yeah. You know, really raises. just it becomes
0: stop. the answer. Parents always ask us, "How do I keep my kids from fighting?" And I say, "Well, I want to flip the equation for you. How do you get your kids to invest in each other? Yeah, to yeah. take care of and, and yeah. they take care of each other." Well. It is. It's a million little drips. A million. Uh, uh, you know, over time. And it becomes, Have we said a million? because yeah. It's probably a billion. <laughs> so many it's, it's, times. But it's a value that you adopt in mm-hmm. your family if you really want it. Now, if you don't, just gripe at them every time they fight and try to, you know, always tackle the negatives. But if you really want it to happen, make it a value in your home and um, and pursue it and watch the fruit of it. But the fruit takes time for it to develop. So Mm -hmm. I love that. I love your relationships with your with all of your siblings. And um, I I think it's um, and, you know, even then you're dealing with all the different personalities. You've got Molly and Madeline that Mm -hmm. are more feelers and, uh, and Molly and Macy. And then you've got Mackenzie, who's uh,
1: she's a thinker. That's why y'all got
0: along yeah, so well. She's <laughs> Always y'all can easy call it like it is. <laughs> yeah, and then you've got the boys, and all that's different. So, so appreciate. So, let's kind of start to land the plane a little bit. Um, what do you think? Um, how can how can parents love their kids if they're like you? What well, so you-
1: like I mean, just, so describe. So Madeline is an an extrovert, but she's an internal processor. She's a seven she, on the enneagram. Seven on interest. the enneagram. Well, yeah, she likes fun, to loving, go do, have fun. She likes to laugh. She she's intentional and purposeful. Um, and so, yeah, and she's a, she's, I would say she's also a firstborn, but I think that you got the, um, the beauty of not having to get all of our bad stuff on the firstborn, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? You kind of got to have, and
2: so that's kind of who you
1: are. What, what is it that you would say to parents? This is going to
2: sound hard for probably a lot of parents, but I would say, um, don't put the me's or the little kids like me in a box and say yes, as much as you can, because we're like I'm just like looking for opportunity to live Mm, the best the fullest the most fun the most exciting I want to try new things and explore new things and see new things and do new things and go new places I want to wake up in the morning and spend the morning adventuring and you know like I just like every day I just like want it to be full of yeses and I think about that a lot like growing up um The different parents that said yeses and different parents that said no more and i remember always being like oh the parents that say no what a drag to like live in their house and live life with them so just look like if there is a way to say yes i mean i know it's like when they ask for candy at 8 a.m you're not really going to say yes to that but you can (laughs) twist it and say yes you can absolutely have a popsicle at after naps you know Mm -hmm. or like just always making it to where there's like that you just don't put them in a box and you say yes
1: and then letting them like be yeah because a no is a kryptonite to you
2: yeah it's it's controlling and it's hard and it's frustrating and then I'm always trying to figure out how to get the no to turn into a yes and so then I'm like trying which to manip- activates your perseverance and, <laughs> and manipulation. my manipulation <laughs> yeah so then you feel like your kids are manipulating you all the time but really they just like want a yes and so putting them in a box and saying no or we can't do that or no or whatever it is is just very frustrating
0: for, or for me it's really good um, and then um, it's good um well how how do they how do they say yes and then still do a, you're now a parent, so how do you say yes to your kids while still putting because you don't i mean I watch you parent and you're not letting them do anything they want all the time I mean <laughs> everything they y- want <laughs> yeah yeah, so how do you do that and still protect them and do the things that uh parents want to make sure they do for their kids?
2: yeah, I just would say like the yes can be like either a yes, not for now, or a yes. um, Like, like, so if like my kids say we want to go, I don't know, go to Yaya's house and we're in Arkansas. I'm like, oh, absolutely we can go to Yaya's house. I'll show you the day on the calendar that we're gonna go. We're gonna all load up and we're gonna pack up. We're gonna go to Yaya's house on this day. Or yes, Yaya's coming to us or whatever it is. So it doesn't have to be it just doesn't have to be like a no or, you know, can we go play outside even though we just took baths, you yeah. know yeah, I'll yeah like, is Suzanne by the yeah, way. That's mom. <laughs> <laughs> so if we go outside even though we just took baths, I'm like, yes, we can totally first thing in the morning. It's too hot anyway and you guys smell amazing. And if we go outside then we're gonna smell like puppies. Right. And we're gonna smell stinky and so let's not do that. So I always I almost always say yes and then I explain to them the no, but I have said yes <laughs> so they know that and then they know the, that it's coming. Um, and so maybe that's a way to like and there are times that I say no. I mean like if they say, "Mom, can we have a popsicle right now?" I'm like, "No, we're not going to have popsicle right now. We'll have one later." Um so, but essentially the answer is and never. And then they
0: whine and they go oh, yeah, they throw fits <laughs> and they do a bad
2: scream. So good luck with that part. <laughs> So I guess it's always, I guess just for little kids like me, it's just not a yes. Yes, not in the moment. It's like a no, an explained no, and then a yes for later. Mm -hmm. And even if it's like yes in a few years, like Trude will ask me questions like, can I play basketball on a basketball team? You know, like our friends do that are a little bit older. I'm like, absolutely. You need to be taller, you know? (laughs) So it is a yes. It's just not today.
0: Suzanne, do you have that's any great. final words for parents as we figure out how to parent Madeline? <laughs>
2: <laughs> All their
1: Madelines in their yeah, lives. that's right. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to say just enjoy them. I mean, and just if you've got that obnoxious child that's, you know, maybe on your last nerve or whatever, they're super persevering, just press into that and in enjoy that. And I know that's hard. I've watched Madeline, even with her two little guys that have got so many of her qualities in them and how they can just take you to the limit because they're yes. so in- persistent and they're so just depressing and enjoy just to see them as the little person that God's created them to be with their big, giant personality and their. I mean, Madeline's so good about even with her kids, getting them to laugh and having fun with them. And I remember Dawn doing that with Madeline, wrestling with her, you know, or throwing, <laughs> (laughs) them on the bed or or playing ball with them or whatever that is. So just engage. If if there is a quality in your child that rises up that you are you have labeled that you do not like it, then I encourage you and challenge you to press into that. What are you going to do with that? And how are you going to flip it so you like it? Yeah and ask
2: God like maybe it's something that like for example true is very emotional. And so that's hard for me because I'm a thinker. So I'm always trying to explain to him his emotions. Um, But I've been asking the Lord, okay, well, what are you trying to show in me? Like, what are you trying to reveal in me? So if there's something you don't like in them, maybe there's something that God's trying to do in you that he's intentionally highlighting, sanctifying to like make us look more like him. And so there's been many times that I'm like, True, it's bawling about something, and I'm like, Yeah, I actually feel the same way. Like, I feel the same <laughs> sadness that you do, but my thinker self won't let me. And so, what's God display trying to display it? Yeah, know? what's God trying to do in me? He's trying to reveal in me different emotions or feelings or things that I don't usually do. Yeah. I
1: love that so much. We, I mean, our, our children, I believe, have been sent to us to teach us, to refine us, to sharpen us, to become more of who Christ has created us to be. And so he's given us all of those little personalities and those the good, the bads, and the uglies in our kids to reveal to us places where we need God or where mm-hmm. he's trying to grow us. So I'm so glad you brought that up.
0: One, as we wrap it up, I'll just throw one, you know, We talk about a lot creating, this is a term, Suzanne, you have said for years, is creating a culture of yes in our home. Mm -hmm. And what that means is, is not that we say yes all the time, but that we look, how can we say yes? How can we help our kids, especially with a kid like Madeline, how can we help? embrace the sense of adventure? How can we embrace the fact that she talked all the time when she was a little kid? And so how do we have the energy to come and fight that rather than, I think we say no a lot, and we tell parents a lot. Your kid's saying no to you because you said no to them. Mm -hmm. How do you create that culture of yes, that culture of the world is my oyster. I want to be a kid of adventure. I I want to parent a kid of adventure. And I want all my kids to see the adventure of a life with Jesus. And uh, you know, it, it can be done with any kid, but particularly with kids that are already bent that way. That kid is can go change the world, and we're seeing Madeline uh, change the world now with uh, through uh, through ministry, through her family, and everything else because of the seeds that were planted when she was uh, when she was younger. So, um, Madeline, any final words?
2: You got this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And so,
0: day by day, yeah. situation by
1: situation. <laughs> I guess we got this. I'm, I'm in it with you, moms and dads. <laughs> yeah.
0: So next next time, we're gonna dive into the relationship with Macy, mm-hmm. and uh, we just encourage you to be with us all summer as we go through who knows your kid best. It should be you, parents. That's yep. it. How can it be you? Yeah. So go be crazy, parents. CrazyCoolFamily.com.